0: Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hello there, it's Mike Williams, and welcome back to our podcast. Uh, this episode we're going to call A Stack of Needles. So, April went out with a whimper and left the markets almost where they started the year. We suspect this is going to continue for a bit longer, as noted in the last few podcasts. Lately, finding great news in the data as we muddle through this passing of the baton process has been tougher than finding a needle in a stack of needles. Seriously folks, the anti-depression guys must be doing a bang-up business these days. Throw in all the nasty politics and the rhetoric and the global unrest and one can understand why the crowd seems like it's in a funk. But that's good news really. When the crowd sentiment is down, history shows in America we go shopping and the latest data came in just like clockwork. Redbook sales under all the noise showed a steady growth last week, 6% year over year, 8% year over year last week. No springtime let down in the uh, car sales either. Uh, they weren't as robust as they were the first three months, but they were still up year over year, and that was after a big year last year. Fiat was up. Chrysler was up. Ford was up. Chevy was up. Earnings continue to fall on the side of, well, that's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. But as you might guess, they could be better. S&P forward earnings are beginning to recover and are just a couple percent away from the record highs that we've been stalled just under since the second half of 2014. The latest manufacturing PMI was down a bit, but still in expansion territory, which is unexciting but nonetheless, it's the second month in a row where we've had above 50, which the experts, and I put that in quotes, say is growth. A better view of GDP? I ask that question because a lot of people get lost in all the noise. For several years now, we've had a front row seat to this seasonal oddity of a weak Q1 GDP report, only to be followed by a relatively stronger rest of the year. There's a simpler way to look at this though. All we have to do is really just calculate the year-over-year growth rate in real GDP. If one does so, GDP was up 1.9% from last year during the first quarter. As we've covered in these podcasts, it has been fluctuating around 2% in a range between a low of 0.9% and a high of 3.1% since the third quarter of 2010, Real final sales had a more positive tilt in the quarter. They rose a solid 2.4% year over year. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us it's the turtle and not the hare. Slow and steady wins the race, though. Not very sexy at all, but this has been the game for a solid 18 months now. And as stated previously, we suspect we have another quarter or two of it ahead as we put a stake in the heart of the energy sector adjustments and move on to the next monster. While it's been like walking in quicksand, I stand by the idea that the surprise remains to the upside. A vast majority of the audience views it the opposite way, which is why I feel confident we are continuing to witness a replay of the late 70s and early 80s time period. Demographics tell us that. And the good news, they don't shift every 90 days. They unfold for decades, again, slow and steady. I thought we'd close out today's podcast with a few snapshots. I'm going to have to describe them to you because I'm staring at charts that I think you'll find pretty helpful. Um, And it centers around energy. Uh, We all know how confusing it's been to be told that much cheaper oil prices are terrible for us as a country. Indeed they cause serious harm to energy producers but they have been a massive benefit to consumers and users of energy around the world. Uh, The way you can tell that is the costs as a percent of personal consumption of energy. That's That's an expenditure that we make in the national balance sheet And as a percentage of personal income, the cost of energy has never been a smaller percentage of the overall consumer's budget. While not a guarantee and surprises can always unfold, it's extremely difficult to see anywhere in history where a recession developed when energy, such a big cost for many people, is this cheap. But be assured of one thing. When and if we do get a bounce, and I suspect we will, we'll get a bounce where energy is maybe 60 or $70 again. And when we see it, I promise you, you're going to see the headlines that will tell you that rising energy costs are bad for us as well. Pretty bizarre, right? The last two things I want to explain to you are um, going to tell you just how much fear still exists just under the surface. All you need is a week or two of red ink in the markets, and you see how quickly investors run. The apoplectic emotional impact of 2008 and 2009 is fresh in everyone's mind. I think the masses think they've forgotten it, but all they need is a quick reminder with a few hundred points down on the Dow, and they are quickly back to... Feeling as though it's March of 2009 all over again. Here's the thing though if you look at yields, okay, if you look at yields on investment, uh, you have T-bills, you have two-year Treasury notes, you have five-year Treasury notes, you have 10-year Treasury bonds, you have mortgage-backed securities, you have real estate investment trusts, and you have high-yield debt. And of course, you've got the 30-year Treasury bond, but you know that's obviously a pittance of return. Now, interestingly enough, if you look at all those debt loads, obviously high yield, which is the riskier of the group, is right at 7%. Uh, if you could see this on a chart, it'd be even more mind-blowing. Right below that, the next one down, as far as yield goes, is about 5.5%, and that's the S&P 500. And what that means is the earnings yield on the price of the S&P 500. Even though everybody in the world is telling you how bad earnings are, if you could write a check and buy every stock in the S&P 500, and then you took all those corporate earnings as your yield, then the earnings yield on the S&P 500 would be about five and a half percent. Oddly enough, that's almost 400 basis points above a 10-year note. That's what we call the equity risk premium. The last time we were at this level of an equity risk premium was 1978. Back in 1978, the Dow was 700. Today it's, depending on the day you look at it, somewhere between 17.5 and 18.2. So here we are, 18 to 20 times higher in the marketplace, and yet our equity risk premium is what it was in the 70s. That tells you that everybody is choosing to buy bonds because they're terrified of the future and they think stocks stink. Now, when everybody thinks something stinks is usually when they're about to be surprised. So while everyone is talking about all the negative news, the real surprise would be something that's good, not bad. If we woke up tomorrow morning and there was bad news, then you can't honestly say that would be a surprise to anyone, because that's all everybody talks about. But if it's good news, that indeed would be a surprise. So we're going to stand where we've been for months now, and that is, this is a pause, a frustrating one it's 18 months long we've had them before and what they turn out to be is rest stops along the way yes it's tough it's difficult but it's part of the game it's part of the long walk up the mountain and as long-term investors we have to take advantage of that frustration in the crowd so until we see you again I hope these thoughts have been helpful And between now and the next podcast, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant. Have a great day.